Hey everybody, it's Chris and Rick Talk Guitars. Yes, we're still kicking. We're still doing this thing. I'm Rick, and that's Chris over there. Say hey to everybody, Chris. Hey everybody. Today we want to do a part two of Guitar Trends, which we started on a previous episode talking about, you know, the various trends we guitarists encounter and, and love to talk about. And the topic we'd like to touch on today is relicking. And I know this is a hot button topic with so many people. Chris and I definitely have our opinions about it. I'm kind of have mixed emotions about it because I initially, when it started to become a thing, just like you and I talked about, Chris, like we remember when, you know, you'd buy a brand new pair of jeans and they were brand new, you know, and the, the relicking happened when you wore the damn things over time. But then there's trends started to happen where, hey, you can buy jeans with the knees ripped out and and the, you know, holes in them right out of the gate. And, and they're more expensive than regular jeans. And then they started doing this with guitars. And I remember my reaction initially was, oh, this is, I, I, I don't really dig this. This is weird. This is, you know, you should, because the guitars I had, that there was wear on them from playing them, from years of playing my guitar that I wore, uh, you know, the paint off of the top of the guitar because I played it so much. And then over time, I kind of thought, okay, well, you know, I can see the appeal of buying this guitar that kind of looks like it's been played. And then also for me, like I, I, I bought a, a, a guitar that was relict. And the, the thing I dug about it is I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have to worry about getting that first ding in the guitar. It's like, okay, there's already dings in the guitar. But, and then the thing about it for me is a lot of the relicking that takes place is it looks like it's been relict. It doesn't look like the relic, the, whatever you call it, the aging or the, you know, the deterioration is natural. It looks like somebody took a, a Dremel to the damn thing or, or dragged it behind a car or something. So anyway, like, what do you think, Chris, about the whole relicking thing and, and what it means to us as guitar players? What, what's your take on it? Well, going back to the jeans thing, anybody who hasn't had a chance to get those stiff, brand new pair of pants that are, you know, have not been pre-washed or, or anything like that, that was pretty fucking horrible experience. I mean, you right. roll the cuffs up about four inches, put them on, and then for like days, you're, you're <laughs> rubbing together. It's really stiff. It's no fucking fun. So I definitely can appreciate pre-washed jeans. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, those usually, they were the uh, the same jeans. Actually, that's what they would be like in a little, in, you know, at some time down the road. It was, I mean, you could, they could nail it just by pre-washing it. Right. They can't really nail it with, Rally guitars, you know what I mean? I actually love the feel of a guitar that's been played, that's been played in. I mean, yeah, great. But there's a whole lot of subtle things going on to get a guitar to that place. And it's something that you can't really do. I mean, you can sure, superficially, you can make it look like that. I mean, there's techniques for aging, like, you know, the nickel hardware and everything else and get it really good. But there's something you just can't nail. And, yeah. you know, and there's certain instruments that just can't, you just don't do that too because they're never it's just never going to work out if it has a polyurethane finish forget it you know what i mean just deal with it if you want to you know get a get a nitro body swap it out and you know if you want it to get feel played in do that but don't fucking take up orbital sander to a polyester finish and that's what people are doing all the time you see them online and the thing of it is, is, you know, I'm really fortunate enough to get to play a lot of really, really cool 50s and 60s guitars and some really cool, like, played in 70s guitars in my life. And the thing I've noticed in, like, three years at a vintage guitar shop, I have never saw one guitar that came through 
that looked like Rory Gallagher's guitar. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> taken down, just beat up. And, you know, there was like maybe a few heavily played guitars that came in and they were cool and they had that vibe. But everything, I mean, when someone mentions the word relic, you just think it's like just beat the shit. The best guitars that I've played aren't beat the shit. There's, there's just like a this thing, this patina and the way that the guitar way, plays in that is just yeah. so great. And also that said, there are some guitars that are never going to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, polyester finished guitars aren't going to, you're not going to get that. Like they'll wear it in a different way. I guess if you could play them for 10,000 years, they might, you know, start wearing down to the wood or whatever, but they're not going to, and they're not supposed to. So if you want a guitar that eventually gets that feel and that patina natural, you got to go with like, you know, get a Gibson or Martin or one another guitar that's using lacquer. Yeah. But I mean, this is kind of a long winded answer to your question, but yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really give a shit. You know what? I mean, I, I actually kind of dig the amount of like stirring up that happens when people like post like shitty relic jobs on uh, forums or on <laughs> Facebook or something like that. I'm like, yeah, this one's going to, this is going to stir the shit. I don't really give a shit what people do to their um, guitars. You know, I've, I've, I've got my guitars and whatever, but I'd be interested in seeing what this is going to do to the market down the road. You know what I mean? What are people going to be doing? What sort of techniques are they going to come up with to fix this shit? Or is that just going to become something like, oh, yeah, this is like this is a dipshit relic from the the mid 2000s where they really got good orbital sanders and (laughs) will just be part of what the guitar is. To me, I kind of think that there will be techniques. There'll be YouTube videos down the road of people saying how to strip a guitar finish and get it back to being something that isn't really stupid. That's just my thought, but I could be mistaken. Well, that's an interesting thought, though. Um, Exactly. Like, you know, I could imagine this future where, oh, yeah, this is a Tom Murphy uh, relic, you know, circa 2015, R.I. Les Paul, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it is an interesting thought experiment to think about those guitars and and how they will age and how they will, how their value will. Not to interrupt, but I I should have been more specific. So we're talking about the same thing as I was talking more about the home relic. Now, I think like the Tom Murphy stuff, I I think that's going to hold this value just because. And it's like a legit thing. Yeah, I don't think people are going to go. What if I'm talking about the horrible relic jobs that happen there's a lot of stuff that gibson sells that i just don't get it's not for me and i don't get it it's not my thing but i think there's some sort of pedigree that those tom murphy things have that they'll retain over interesting i mean they i I mean they've been out there how many years now and i think they're pretty much holding their own oh okay i'm more i'm more talking about like the guy that takes an orbital sander to mexican stratocaster (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> things like that, the horrible things that happen, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, I think I it is interesting to think about, though, like you say, even the ones with the pedigree, so to speak, um, you're right, maybe like the Tom, because Tom Murphy has created a name for himself doing that and working with Gibson and things like that, but there are also, you know, th- there's a spectrum of, of like guitar techs and other people who claim to have their way of, of doing this stuff, and it is interesting to think about, okay, well, this is a guitar that came out you know, in the 2000s or something, and some dude relicked it who supposedly has a pedigree. But will that they don't? The I mean, or not? They, they they don't. You can't supposedly either do or you don't. And being yeah. you know through Gibson is part of the process that the guitar goes through. Yeah, it's like and there's a million people who like are great at relicking supposedly. Yeah, I mean, 
And you'd be surprised how many of them have never held a 50s instrument, too. You know? Right. That's one thing that I don't get. I mean, I think that Nash dude makes great fucking guitars. I mean, and I know people play them and they're great, uh-huh. but I, I can't tell. My my thought is that his finishes are supposed to be his own things. They're not supposed to be replications of old finishes because they look terrible. I mean, they feel great. And maybe that's I'm going to give him a benefit of the doubt that he knows what he's doing. And that's what he's looking for. His right. own style of finish. It's like it's what it is. It's kind of like a weird primer. So they feel great. But they look I mean, they look kind of ridiculous. You know, they yeah. just look like, you know, uh, you know, three of the processes of finishing a guitar were left out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. So that what we're getting at with that is I think there's people who are well-respected and maybe have some sort of pedigree that they, they look terrible. But I think even that, I think this Nash guitars are certainly holding their their um, resale value. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's interesting. Like I said, I mean, I'm not right. I mean, this is just we're just talking about our thoughts. Maybe it will be. It's like, you know, the, the market down the road. We'll see. Yeah. You know, Tom Murphy, like, who cares? We're, we're, we're beyond destroying intentionally like making guitars, you know, faking yeah. old guitars. By then, maybe they'll have a new appreciation or maybe they'll come up with a finish that just has some sort of vibe or feel on its own that looks like, you know, I don't know. That's an interesting point, too, to, to think about. Maybe maybe the re- the relic trend or whatever we want to call it will peter out and it'll be like, well, no, we're not doing that anymore. We're just, I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm sure it won't go away altogether, but maybe the trend as a whole will kind of, will kind of recede a little bit and it'll be like, no, nah, we're just making guitar. Cause for me, like that was part of the fun also of getting a new guitar is just that it's a new, it hasn't been played by anybody but me. It's like, this is my guitar. I get to put the wear on this damn thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that kind of, that part of it to me, I, I always, I remember vividly like getting a guitar brand new and it's like, Oh, I was so excited because it's like, and then I was so pissed when I put a ding in it, you know, it's, All so right. it's kind of interesting psychologic, psychologically, like to think about, that i've really kind of been, become a finished snob over the years because i think like somebody will drop like their um you know their fender polyurethane based um guitar and it'll have a ugly ass like you know where it's like a compression dent and then yeah. a big ch- chip where you can see the finish is like two inches thick or something yeah. and they'll post a picture like oh this i did this horrible thing and they're like it's a relic now it's you know it's like <laughs> any dent that becomes like a part of relic relicking which is not true i mean that you know, the way that a finish ages to me is really when a guitar comes into it and gets its soul. And, it, you know, if it happens naturally, that's really great. I mean, I'm like you. I, I want to put the wear in there or I want to find a good guitar that, like, feels really good. I mean, there's guitars you pick up that are just so hard to put down because they're just, like, played in in all the right places and the neck feels great. And it's just like there's a vibe. There's a weight and a vibe. And... You know, I don't mind wearing in my guitars, but if I'm wearing in my guitars, I want to start with a finish that I know is going to wear in. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. like I've got a, you know, I got a really nice classic Mexican um, 70s Stratocaster, you know, issues, which, you know, they do a pretty good job of nailing it. But that guitar is never going to weigh in. Even the original 70s Strats that it's kind of a copy of are going to wear wear in more than that one because it does have some nitrocellulose in it where this is just all plastic. So, I mean, and it's fine. It's a good guitar. And for some people, you got to realize some people don't care about this. Some people want a really nice looking guitar that stays nice forever. And that's where they invented those finishes. So there's, I mean, we're having this conversation and, you know, really guitars are just getting all this hate and all this passion, like debate and stuff. But for some people, it doesn't really fucking matter. It doesn't matter to me 
that much. Honestly, I don't care. I'm actually a fan of and seek out horribly wrongly gone relics. I mean, I love that. I love seeing what somebody did. Like this Frankenstein was just like went down this really dark path and came up with something that just completely fucking looks ridiculous and destroyed. Yeah. But, you know, and that's where it goes back to my question. So that guitar exists now. It's this horrible, like, you know, poly guitar that was just like sanded and just all this shit and it just looks terrible someday the person's going to pass that guitar on it's going to end up somewhere what's going to happen with that guitar because somebody's going to say underneath this there's a good guitar yeah. so i think people are going to get really good at refinishing guitars and some of them already are yeah but i think there's going to be a lot of youtube videos on fixing that something that some dipshit did years, <laughs> years ago so well like you were saying earlier i I think our brains too subconsciously look at these things and just pick up the 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 not a, not in all cases. I think some people look at it and go, "Oh yeah, that looks like." But for you and I, I think you you and I have looked at a lot of guitars that are from eras where they they were played and worn in. And I look at the ones that are done by somebody, and I, it just doesn't look right to, most of the time. Sometimes it looks pretty damn amazing, but like you said, I think oftentimes. When it's done, you know, by somebody with that in mind, it it just doesn't look like the thing that really gets me is when they do the the fret wear or not the fret wear, but the fingerboard wear, like on a maple. Oh yeah, board just on a, it's, it just looks terrible, and it looks phony. It looks like no nobody. It looks like somebody had long fingernails and just clawed at the damn thing. It's well, so Fender weird. does that too. Some offenders, I mean, some yeah. do some really good. And it's like they should know better. Yeah, I mean, they, should, they have access to like some of their classic. I'm sure they have access to, you know, some good examples. It's like, yeah, when they have that like uniform, like scraped fingernail part throughout the neck in spots where you would never play. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like everywhere. It's like, just go look at a really well-loved fifties Telecaster and look where, you know, the player, it's going to be different for every player, the play where, which is why that's such a cool thing. Yeah. But, and, and look at yours, look what you did. Are you, come on. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know better, you know exactly. better. But there, I have seen some of their like relics where they just really they kind of nailed it. And you're like, oh, yeah. that looks. Yeah. I mean, he's going to argue that you know somebody who's into a vibey guitar and a you know a, a, a guitar with playware is like you can't help but like it when it's done right. I mean, it's just like, oh, that's cool. It just like speaks to something in you. So I can understand that. But um, my biggest thing is you know there's so many guitars that are just that you can't get their vibe with sandpaper or you know whatever there's there's no way it's just like you might be able to do it from you know five feet away or in a photograph you can say oh that that must be an old guitar but what as soon as you pick it up you know and one thing that gets me and you should probably know this because i think you have a, a few anyways it's like no one's ever going after the the vintage you know the the relic amp thing i mean they want my 64 Princeton is so beautiful, the way that it's worn in, the way that the grill cloth is aged, yeah. and all of the hardware, the nickel hardware is just like, just flat now, and it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, and they do like reissues of all these amps, but um, I don't know that they're, I, don't, I haven't seen anybody that's relic amps. That's a good point. I haven't either. I love, I mean, I love the way that amps break in. I mean, I do too. 
They're great. I mean, no one wants, you know, toward grill cloth and all this other stuff, but um, a well-cared-for, just-used amp breaks in really, really nicely. And that's kind of more like what a guitar, how a guitar breaks in, too. Yeah. If you look at that amp, you know, it's worn in all these places and it's got this patina, but it's not, like, sanded in one corner and, you know... <laughs> Uh, it's it's just like it's just the way it wears you know and anyways i mean it's a, it's an interesting topic and i love how everybody loses their shit over it so yeah. I, like I said, i'm a fan of internet drama which brings me to the next thing that i wanted to talk about is something fairly recently i've been you know off the grid for a long time now so i'm finally starting to poke my head out and um i noticed there's like josh scott who is has the um jhs pedal channel yeah did a video a, a while back where he was like, I think this is the deal. I watched it, but I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think he was, he was doing a, a shootout between the, the Digitech bad monkey pedal and all these like classic overdrive, really pricey overdrive things. Uh-huh. And so now if you go online, there's a bunch of crazy people trying to sell these for like 500 bucks. It's like a $40 pedal. And everybody's losing their shit and they're blaming him for like just pushing the price of this pedal. First of all, who really gives a shit about that pedal? I mean, honestly, before that video, did you give a shit about that pedal? Right. No. It's like a tube screamer based pedal. It's like get any fucking tube screamer based pedal and you've got that pedal basically. I mean, they're just there, it's an overdrive. But you watch his video and he's like comparing all these pedals, but every single pedal sounds exactly the same. Because he's got the driveway up and he's, you know, it's just like we're listening to like that. I mean, he, he could have thrown in a PV backstage and used the saturation job uh, to do the same thing. It's like it's not really an accurate shootout. And the thing that everybody's the takeaway from that for a lot of people is, OK, this pedal must be good as good as a clone. And a clone is what, you know, four thousand right, dollars or something. Right. So they're gonna, now they want this pedal. It's like didn't occur to you that all of those pedals sound exactly the same. So <laughs> don't you think there's more pedals that are going to sound exactly the same as that? It's because it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, if you really, really wanted to, to test out a, the ultimate overdrive pedal for yourself, you'd need to get in a room and you'd need to play at a, at volume and you'd need to like really see like the subtle differences between these things. And that's where they'd start to show up. Yeah. But me, I don't, I don't think it can matter. I think, Pick a, you like a green pedal, get a tube screamer. Pick that and learn how to fucking use it. Or if you want a clone, you, you're down with all that shit, get that and then just fucking use it and quit fucking around. But people are just losing their shit. You should check it out. Definitely go. I Google. will. They're like, oh, this is ridiculous. It's it, it's really irresponsible of Josh Scott to do this. No, it's not. It's irresponsible of all the morons who, anybody that would pay that much for it. Yep. You know, I almost don't hate the people who are posting it for that price. You might as well, you know. Right. You might as well, because it's not going to be around forever so i don't know it's just i after taking a long long break from like guitar culture for the you know since like december or whatever uh-huh. I, I, it's like it's really shocking to come back and just see how fucking crazy we are <laughs> it's fucking nuts superstitious and just like obsessive and it's like it has nothing to do i mean there's nothing to do. sure the bad monkey which was a 40 dollar pedal is just as good as a clone to someone who knows how to fucking play and knows right. how to use an overdrive yeah. pedal. Yeah. But we have that thing that's in us that I got to find that secret. I'm going to unlock the key to this tone. That's never, I mean, you're not, don't look at a fucking object for your tone. I mean, <laughs> if you don't know that by now. We're never going to, I mean, it, it's so true. I, I got to watch that. I, I'd love to check that out, but I, <laughs> I, I agree. I think there, 
especially guitar players, we are, we're, we're always in search of some, this elusive thing that we never find. And we talked about that before, like some, like, like I, some of my favorite tone of guitar players that I love is their early tone that they had when they were starting out. And it's great. And cause they had, cause part of it was just the simplicity of what they're playing through. The dude's playing through a Marshall 100 watt head through a Variac and that's it or whatever, or whatever, you know, choose your guitar player. And in terms of the shootouts and the pedals, yeah, I, you know, you know how I feel about Klons. I think I'd much rather spend that much money on a, a vintage amp if I'm going to spend I'm gonna drop four grand on a thing. But like, you know, if that's your cup of tea and you got the dough, knock yourself out. But I like you're saying, too. The spectrum of, of good sounding pedals, there, there's a lot of great pedals out there that aren't fucking four thousand dollars that sound fucking amazing, you know. So I think uh, they might be like seven thousand now or so. Yeah, here's one for eight thousand. Like, yeah. No, it's 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 ridiculous. It, it it's really ridiculous. But you know, I don't know, but why don't we learn? Why don't we learn? Because right now <laughs> I happen to be in a spot where I'm like, I happen to be in a good spot in my guitar playing because I don't care about anything. I don't well, care luckily about you and I are old enough to have already gone through, gotten a lot of that shit out of our system. You know, I go back to it. I mean, I'll go back to it in, but you know, right now it's like, if I can't get, if I can't pick up a guitar, plug into an amp, you know, yeah. if I have a power board hooked up or whatever and get like a tone that I'm happy with, I should just fucking quit. And sometimes I lose sight of that myself. And I'm just like, wow, yeah. man. But I've never been one of those people that I'm not like a tone chaser. Something that would make me attracted to a piece of gear is getting attached to it in some way. It yeah. either has history or it's like, you know, it was on records that I like and it's like old and it's like, you know, a little bit of nostalgia. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it's not like because it's I'm going to totally unlock something that I don't have. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I was younger, I don't think I spent nearly enough time trying to really figure out my gear and 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 get to know it intimately so that I knew that how to work it. I, and I was, I was very superficial with regard to, and I had great gear too, but I went on that little quest, but I think a lot of it, 90% of it was my own ignorance and fault and not, not being curious enough to really dig in and figure out how to get the best out of what I had. And luckily, like I said, you know, I'm at the age now where sometimes I'll, I'll get distracted, but overall it's like, no, just focus on like really figuring out what you got and and how to how to make it sound great and because because again like there there's so much great gear that that is across the spectrum nowadays like we talked about that before too now 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 more than ever there's great you can get affordable great gear and and if you know how to dial it in you, you know you can get great tone out of some you know stuff so absolutely <laughs> but i do think that's funny that yeah, like you're saying, it's like the, these shootouts have to be done in a way that is is as I think more pragmatic or 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 more honest in terms of. Well, I think it's impossible. I mean, if you had a if you had a, an effect that does something really crazy, like maybe like like some sort of weird phase shift or something that that has kind of a like a sound or even a, like a delay, you can kind of hear the character yeah. delay, but. I never know what I'm going to like until I'm like hooked into it. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, for me, if I'm using an overdrive pedal, right, I have no drive coming from the pedal. You know what I mean? Anytime I hear drive coming from a pedal, it, it just sounds really samey. It's that same like kind of raspy, like, okay, there's a drive pedal on there. Yeah. And people do that all the time. So maybe that's something, maybe that's another reason why I don't like modern guitar tone very much. <laughs> um but, you know, it's great for, I mean, it's like bedroom tone, you know what I mean? Where you're, you know, yeah. you can really quiet, but you want some sustain and you want that. So you turn the drive up on the pedal mm -hmm. and it's great for that. But, you know, it's not really, 
it doesn't really you're not hearing the characteristic any characteristic that's the pedal is adding you're not hearing it like that yeah. I mean, it's like people i've seen people that drive me nuts too that'll do like demos of tremolo pedals yeah. And they'll play something that's completely fighting the tremolo. It's like, it's not like, <laughs> it's like, don't you hear that? I've been listening to, like, the past few days. I saw a couple of documentaries that made me listen to a lot of guitar music. The first one was, like, this Phil Linnott movie that they had. Oh, yeah. Uh, really great. So I got out all my Thin Lizzy and just went for two days back to back to back, listened to all of them. Nice. And if you listen to a song, I mean, I don't know if you have this record, but put on Jailbreak. And listen to the guitar tone in the left speaker on that. It's kind of farty and like it's like a tone that you would never anybody in the whole world would never do now. And it's fucking brilliant. It makes that sound with I mean, his bass lines are so cool and out front. Yeah. And with that on the left hand speaker and the tone that's going on in the right, it just makes that record. It's like it's not about it. That record isn't about like having this like pristine, like perfectly overdrive guitar tone. No, it's about the song and how yeah. every part of that bass guitar drums other guitar just makes that song you know you won't hear guitar like that anymore i think we're never going to hear guitar like that again because people are afraid to to use sounds like that and it's kind of drives me nuts but it's just really interesting and the other thing i watched last night i watched a documentary very very moving and good is the um ronnie james dio there's a um it's on showtime there's a two-hour documentary on him and stuff i really didn't know about him i've always liked him but um, a lot of cool info on him and I got all, all my Ronnie James Dio stuff that I have, which I comes down to I have the Holy Diver record, I have the Rainbow Double Live record, and I have the two um, Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules nice. um, Sabbath record. So I've been now we're going through those, and again, just amazing guitar tones that you'll never hear. I know. Well, this 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 does fall into our topic today of trend, guitar trends and it's i'm glad you brought that up because i was thinking the same thing like modern production to me uh, i mean with with some exceptions obviously it's not totally across the board but popular music especially i think my my two cents is that we've we've focused too much on the the production you know aspect of music rather than just like you said it's like okay what is this band sound? Let's just try to replicate this in the studio. I, I think there's too much. It's like everybody's trying to get this pristine, uh, weird, uh, controlled recording. And like you say, a lot of my favorite recordings are these recordings where, you know, some modern people would probably go, oh, that's a shitty guitar sound or, oh, that sucks or whatever. But man, in the context of these songs, it's fucking killer. Yeah, yep, exactly. That's the point. I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, if you isolate it, and it's like, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of farty, you know, it's not yeah. really, I mean, it's not really present. And I mean, this really is dangerously close and may even be getting off my porch shit because, you know, it's like, oh, music isn't like it, but it's actually something that it's measurable, you know, sure. I mean, tone is completely subjective, but I'm, I'm saying it's measurable because listen to that guitar tone and then listen to another band that's playing, you know, the same kind of hard rock that they were right now. And it's not the same, whether you like it or not, that's completely subjective, but it's like, it's not the same. And some of it is the gear used, the recording gear. Um, and some of it is just like, I think some of it is this, this obsession with some sort of like search for some sort of perfect yep. guitar tone, but the, you know, the perfect guitar tone isn't any one thing. So that everything ends up sounding the same yeah, and I think I think that's what 
that's what I was getting at exactly is I think the modern way of producing music again with the caveat that not all the time but predominantly with popular music especially it's that attitude it's like how can we get this pristine sterile recording you know and to me it just it just it just sounds lifeless and soulless and it's like okay well you've taken all the humanity out of <laughs> this band or this song or whatever it is and yeah and and that's what i dig that's what i'm drawn to i'm drawn to that kind of perfect imperfection of you know like you were saying these recordings that we really dig and also that's what's funny too is people you know people will often you know cite these old bands and old recordings but that you know their stuff sounds kind of this sterile soulless anyway yeah i you know i'm i'm kind of talking a little bit out of my ass right now because i'm not really up on oh like there's there could be fucking 50 bands out there right now that sound exactly like i don't listen to that much yeah music enough to really i'm just saying it in general like i gauge i gauge my when i'm talking about um music i hear i happen to hear that falls through you know whatever in yeah. like a soundtrack music to a tv yeah. show or a movie or like someone will be calling on about a new rock band or something and i'll always check it out but i'm like i don't have I know, you know, I have friends who still make records and I know that they strive for like that old, cool yeah. you know, guitar tone. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure it's out there. I'm just saying in general, I mean, I was just kind of like, every time I come up against this, like listening to an old record, I'm like, holy shit, that guitar yeah. sounds like shit. That's so awesome. <laughs> it sounds like shit by itself, but in the context of the song, so Zeppelin, and I mean, I'm sure we mentioned yeah. this before. A classic example of some really shitty guitar tone that's so beautifully brilliant. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like just like nasally and thin and just you know kind of farty at times. It, it's brilliant. I mean, I don't know. I've certainly never, you know, my, in my forays into the studio, I've never really come that close to getting a tone like that. And so you know, a lot of it's probably down to the the methods of recording now. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, the way that we do it, and we do it, you know, right on top. You know, like everything on its own track a lot of separation yeah you know, digital like medium well that's could be part of that too i mean because we're using a lot of the same gear but that's I what i mean though i think and, and i think it's it could be trends obviously too because i mean, remember the big trend in the 80s was that big weird snare sound that yeah the gated became, snare yeah the gated snare but like you said and it, it, i think it might be really specific to certain genres of music too nowadays now that i think about it in terms of striving for that perfection like separation all that stuff just like you said it's like some of the coolest stuff i loved is when there was bleed uh, when when the band was in one room you were hearing the bleed from you know the the drum mics were getting the bleed from the guitar or whatever but to me it just those records sounded more like human beings in a room playing music rather than in a studio separating every instrument every drum everything and then putting this mix together that sounds like this weird sterile robotic thing and again it's not it's not all music and it's not like you said i think there are lots of bands um trying to record you know in the ways that we're talking about that we dug but yeah uh, those recordings do not do nothing for me the ones where people are really trying for this ultra separation and ultra pristine result right and then you watch the the videos like you know the ultimate tone videos where they're either shooting out something or demonstrating something and everybody's going wow that tone is good it's like it's never a tone that i'm like yeah that's good it just sounds like well i mean the person if the person can play it's like that person can play that's pretty cool but it's never like 
I don't know. I, that might not even be fair because it's be hard in the context of YouTube. I mean, the times I've been really blown away by tone, it's usually been live and it's almost always comes down to the same setup, an amp with a lot of headroom and usually a Gibson guitar. And somebody doesn't even have to be a virtuoso, but somebody that just like gets how to use that, you know, how yeah. to use that tone. And it's just like goosebumps, you know, yeah. it's, it's brilliant. And that's, I know that's really hard to catch that recording. And, you know, the Thin Lizzy record, you know, I mean, that one of the things about them is they were always, they always said that they were never able to capture the energy of their live show on studio records. But and when you take the studio records for what they are, they're really great. It's a different thing. And that's why, I mean, they may have, who knows, maybe they were going for, let's make this sound like your Marshall Crank or whatever. And it ends up with that way that it starts, ended up. That's so cool. Right. I don't know, you know. That is true, though, and it, it, I think it is. I think it is a challenge to capture a band's essence of live in the. I mean, they're two separate animals, so it is. It's challenging, but I think I think that's the mindset pe more people should take. Is like, hey, we just want to we just want to translate this band's energy that we love so much in the studio, so that we so that it's not you know filtered through this prism of of the studio, you know. And I That's think about right. Rick Rubin. I think about Rick Rubin because that was his whole impetus when he was uh, producing the Beastie Boys. In his head, he said, "I want to record these guys so they sound on recording just like they sound live." So that was his goal. And I totally—that's that's my—that's my philosophy about recording. Completely, it's like don't take this band and try to do studio trickery or things. Just make them sound as good as you like them when you hear them live in the studio. Well, I think I think for that, the key is like the energy. It's like not necessarily, yeah. I mean, you knock yourself out trying to get, you know, a guitar to sound like it does in a stage, right. you know, on, in, right. a, in a venue. So don't stress out about that as much as, but the energy, what is it about the energy? Maybe on this record, the energy of, you know, jailbreak is that farty guitar sound, you know right. what I mean? Like that's, and when it's combined with the other instruments, it's definitely that there's an energy there. Yeah. So, Yeah. No, it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, trends in music, they come and go, and we've seen a lot of them being old fuckers like ourselves, but um, <laughs> I'm always fascinated. I always enjoy any sort of, like, gear drama. I've been a fan of that for a long time, you know, like, just yeah. bad monkey pedals. Bad, it is fun. Can you, can you imagine, like, showing up somewhere <laughs> with a pedal on your board that said bad monkeys is Chinese? <laughs> Well, and then and then uh, telling somebody you paid five hundred bucks for it, and they'll go, oh, <laughs> right. hey, "Cool, man, right well, on." These man. are really hot right now. They're all <laughs> I mean, these pedals are trending. So yeah, I mean, what do you want? You want tone or you want trending? I love it, man. I love it. Well, whatever. What are you going to do? I don't know. To each his or her own, right? That's what we say. That's what we say. But come on, man, stop fucking taking an orbital sander to your poly finished guitar. <laughs> Well, dude, it's good to connect with you, man. It's been a while. Oh, it's and, been a long time. I've been off. I think we're going to get back on the horse, man, because we. I want to. I want us to interview Frank. I think that'd be fun, man. Frank from Thunder Road Guitars. Yeah, right, I want to do that too. I just I, our buddy. I'm kind of getting up back on my feet again, and yep. I, I'm going to be more into guitar and um, do it. I yeah. I want to bring over my Princeton for you to check out, dude. You're going Let's to do that. Um, maybe even next week. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about right. it. We'll talk. We'll chat. But yeah. hey, man, it's good that we're back. As always, thanks for listening, people. We we, uh, we really 
dig getting messages from you all and and uh just the interaction with with people who listen to this show is really really cool and, and rewarding and fun so we're gonna keep plugging along doing it as always check us out on spotify and and uh, apple podcasts and wherever you consume your podcasts and play guitar man chris is starting to get back into guitar thankfully I better. And I'm going to get <laughs> And I've got some new gear that he hasn't seen. So we're going to get together and, and have a little uh, play date and show off some new gear and and pr- hopefully inspire us both to kind of just keep plugging along on the guitar. But you got anything else? To, any words of wisdom, Chris? No, say? I think you covered it. Play guitar is the key thing. Play guitar. Play guitar. Don't worry about tone. Just worry about your guitar playing, and it, that'll take care of itself. I love it. All right. As always... Until next time, bye. Bye.